0: Hi, my name is Steve Warren, and I want to welcome you to this podcast. I'm believing today you'll be filled with faith, you'll be energized by hope, and you'll feel loved as this message seeks to transform and empower your life. God bless you as you listen to this.
1: Let's just stay in His presence. Let's lean in. Lean in to you, Jesus. Oh. Spirit of God, we thank you. Thank you. We welcome you. Thank you, Spirit of God, that you are our guide. You're the one who takes us where we need to go. We give you permission to speak to us through your word today. God, recreate something in us, refresh us, remind us. There's a word here for every single one of you this morning to, to take you deeper into God's heart for you and to take you deeper into how to live this walk with God, to take you deeper into knowing Jesus himself. So we give you permission to speak to us, to fan into to flame faith in the Word of God in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. You may say hi to someone and take a seat. Wonderful. Thank you. So awesome to see you. I've just driven over from Almira. It's a stormy day out there. I was in Niyette's van and we were like, woo. So in Almira, we saw nearly 100 people this morning, five, dec- five decisions for Jesus. And three of them were people that came in halfway through the message. Well, that's what it looked like to me anyway. So, how exciting is this morning? I want you to look at the screen because we're going to start with a video um, uh, which is going to connect us to this series. Thanks, band. You may take a seat too.
2: There was a recent study by the Center for Bible Engagement where they polled 40,000 uh, p- uh, general population in the U.S. from 8 to 80 and they just wanted to see how we are engaging with Scripture. Right and they discovered something that actually became kind of the profound discovery of the entire study they weren't even looking for this and this is kinda became the highlight of the study right Um, when we're in the scripture one time a week and that could be church on sunday that's pastor saying you open your bible we hear the message one time a week had negligible effect on some key areas of your life so i'm gonna spell that out more here in a moment two times a week Negligible effect. Now, at three times a week, there was a blip on the map, like there was a heartbeat. Something happened, again, a heartbeat. Okay. But here was the profound discovery. When we're in the scripture four times a week, it literally spikes off the chart. alcoholism drops 57 percent feeling spiritually stagnant you know if there was one area when I'm talking with people that that they'll be honest about is they just feel spiritually stagnant ask them the question how much time are you spend in scripture if they're in the scripture four times a week or more it drops 60 percent Wow viewing pornography drops 61 percent that's very important now on a flip positive side, sharing your faith wow. jumps 200%. Wow. Because you have a confidence in God's word and then discipling others jumps 230%. That's, that's amazing right there. Well,
1: it's not fascinating how being in the word can really navigate your life a completely different way. And, uh, statistics are powerful. Although that's what, My son Jake always tells me because he's reading sociology, Um, but they are, and that's a very powerful statistics right there. So the reason we're doing Trash the Bible series um, is because we want you to personally engage with your Bible. We want you to be personally motivated to dig in, to digest, to absorb the truths of the Word of God, to be able to stand on the authority of the Word of God and use it. And uh, Pastor Louis did a great message last week um, on the whole foundations on uh, the, the the Word of God being God's word, like it's God breathed. He talked about how to read it, its context, um, uh, let God speak to you. He talked about the main narratives about Bible apps. It's not just a book. So I really encourage you. This is a series of three, five. Okay, so we've got this one, and then next week we're doing a panel. It's going to be super fun. Looking forward to that. Uh, Not panel. It's a talk show. Um, So we'd encourage you, if you've missed one, go back and listen to it. Go back and listen to it. Try and get all three so that you get a full picture of where we are going. We are going somewhere. And so are Sean and Melissa. Where are you here today? Congratulations. Come on, they got married this week. Love you guys. New future over you, so excited for that. So you're here on Sunday after you got married. Go on, honey. Go away somewhere. Not in this weather, but go away. And a great news is that um, in Almira, uh, we are moving uh, in our location in Almira, where I was this morning, we're moving locations to Almira Port, which is the closest place between here and Almira. We're moving to the Art of Kalesia. Actually, when we were going to put Jake into school, we walked into there before it even started... The location in our area. we walked into that college and went this would be a great place to do church in the community and there we are we've got an open doorway and i said to the church this morning you know this is not just a location move it's a new threshold it's a new opening it's a new beginning and they're really excited about it so please i told them that i would tell you this morning pray for them we've got so many new people coming in to church um really is watch this space so, I've called this message today Navigating True North. Navigating True North. So, I want to take you to Proverbs 4 25 to 27. You can look at it in your Bible, then on the screen if you like to get your paper one out. Um, and here we go. Let your eyes look straight ahead, fix your gaze directly before you, avoid lives distractions. Give careful thought to your feet, which way you're going. And be steadfast in all your ways. Stick to the path of truth. Do not turn to the left or to the right. Don't allow yourself to get sidetracked, curved balled, wrongly influenced. Keep your foot from following evil. Do not take a detour that leads you down a dark path. That's the scripture I want to use. I want to take through this message, which is really about how to, for you and I to grow an internal map within us that takes us true north. It takes us where we need to go from the word of God. And I've got three points to help you do that in your life. Three keys that will help you trust your Bible. Is that good? Right. So I want to start with a story. Now, I love maps. I always have done. I'm one of those map nerds. Um, you know the maps that you would open up, and they're huge. I went looking for one. I actually, tried to do it this morning. It's not a good time to do it. I'm like, there's a map in the Zolder. I know there's a map in the Zolder. I get up, I climb into the Zolder. I'm going. There's no way I'm finding this map. It's somewhere at the back. Um, because we don't use them anymore. Because we use our TomToms and we use the electric thing. But I love maps. And when Steve and I got married, uh, the year after we got married, um, we bought a road atlas. 1994 road atlas. Of Great Britain. It's on the screen. Um, it looked a bit like this, I think. It's coming up. And uh, um, it, nowadays it would say Great Britain and Northern Ireland, because that's what we are now that we've exited. We've been Brexited. We've done that. Um, and we bought an atlas because we were going on a long-distance journey to somewhere we had never been before. We decided to go from our house all the way up to the Yorkshire, uh, Yorkshire Dales at a place called Grassington. And so um, the atlas always lived in the car. It, it, it just lived, that was its home. It had a home in the car. And yet when we went on long journeys, we'd take it out of the car and sit with it and spread it out or it was pages. And, and you'd have to turn the page and you'd look at the big picture. This is where we're going. This is the landscape. This is how we're going to connect the dots. And uh, this is the best route for how we want to get there. And we'd write the directions down, as you did. Some of you don't remember how to do that. So we go from Cheltenham past Birmingham up to Sheffield through Leeds and up to Grassington. And that's how we did it. And the passenger would sit there with the map and the directions and a flask of tea. Because we always travel with flasks of English tea. And, uh, and that's how we did it. And we'd often stop and double check that we were on the right route. Okay? And I could have preached, trash your road atlas. Because our road atlas was half-missing pieces T-marks all over it, and pens, because we had to get to know this map if we're going to know where we want to go. Okay. So, Tom Tom's are boring. You look at the Tom Tom picture, and it's just a, a blue line. It's really boring. It doesn't give you the big picture. It tells you one next maneuver at a time. I don't like that. I want big picture stuff. want to know where I'm heading. And there was always one of us in the car. I won't say which one. There was one of us in the car who would guess the way from distant memory. (laughs) Assuring the other one that we knew how to get there. So the dialogue went like this. I've been here before. I know. Or I know I've been somewhere like it. I've been somewhere nearby it. And the other one would would question the other one's judgment. And there'd be a sharp defense going on in the car. And the atmosphere in the car would change dramatically. And this is what it would look like. Are you sure you've been here before? Are you sure? Because it doesn't feel right. Let's check the map, shall we? We don't need a map or a tom-tom. Trust me. Trust is a very big word in this situation, one of us would say. It's a very big word. I'm not sure if I can fully trust you in this area. I'd rather trust the map. And we would have several conversations, many conversations, even now on that subject. It's the area of... Anyway... So healing, bring it on. Um, But what I've learned, what I've learned in this is I cannot always trust myself. I can't always trust Steve as much as I love to put trust in him. But there has to be something greater to help me get to where I need to go. I can't even listen to another person when it sounds good. I can't lean on a hunch. If I truly want to go where I need to go and in a time and a manner in which I want to get there, Because the way you get there is important, right? You can get there and drive like rubbish. You want to drive well. (laughs) I've got to use a map. The map is my authority. My authority is not what I think. It has to be external that I've made internal. That's my story. That's been kind of my life. And in 2016, in January, I preached a message here called True North. And if you want to hear it, you can go back to very old archives and listen to it. Um, But I talked talked about there's a bit of difference between True North and Magnetic North. You and I are on a destination. We're going somewhere. We're going somewhere individually. We're going somewhere together. And as Intan said, we're going somewhere in our groups. We're on a destination. But it's not just the destination that counts, which ultimately is heaven. It's not the destination. It's how we get there. It's how you and I maneuver ourselves to get to True North. And if you're looking to get to true north physically with a compass, a compass will take you magnetic north. Because there's strange anomalies in the Earth's crust and surfaces and things like that that I don't understand. But if you go on a compass, you you will go 500 kilometers the wrong way. If you don't understand a map, it's a map that needs to take you. Not the compass, but the whole map. Seeing the big picture will take you. You need to know the geographical lines. Otherwise, you'll think that you're aiming right, but you'll go wrong. It's not just about you getting somewhere. It's how you get there. It's the people you take with you on the journey. It's, it's, it's the fruit that you birthed in other friends, in, in your children. It's the church that you were committed to. It's the, it's the, it's the circling your neighborhood and praying hope on every street. It's how you get there that matters. It's the values that you grow. It's the the way that you were devoted to God. How are you devoted to God? You know, love the Lord your God, although your heart, your soul, and your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. We've got to have a road atlas in here that tells us how to do that. How do we do that to the very best? How do we live a life worthy of our calling? We need an internal map that takes us where we need to go. And that map cannot be created and formed within you alone. You can't make it up as you go. There's a lot of self-help books, and they're great. You know, self-help books that, that you know, you'd all, if I shout it out, you'd all shout me one. But a self-help book, if it doesn't start from the premise that you are a created person and that you have a creator, it starts in the wrong place. The Bible starts from the premise that you are created. Therefore, you need a creator, the one that created you, to show you how to get there. And that map is external. It comes from outside of yourself that you need to make yours. You need to make it. I need to make it mine. I'm a created being. Therefore, it's my creator alone through whom my map must be formed. Why? Why do we need an internal road atlas, a spiritual road atlas? Because if we don't, We will be taken magnetic north. Proverbs 4 says things will derail you. Things will try and take you out. You will end up going down a black pathway. You'll get distracted. Why do we need a map? So that we really learn how to love God in the way that he calls us to. Why do we need a map? So that we live a life worthy of the calling. Why do we live a map? So that we keep the main thing, the main thing. Why do we need a map? So that we live from a position of authority and knowing our identity in Christ comes from within. What does your internal map look like? What does that map look like in you? Can you describe it if anyone asked you? What does it look like in you? What are the things that are taking you? What do you know that's taking you where you need to go? You see, my life and what it stands for requires me to build a map that I become really familiar with. Because it's in that map, there's the truth, there's the values, there's the tools to grow my character, there's, it's everything I need to build my family on on the way that God wants me to. There's everything in this map to see, for me to be able to see with vision, to to believe in you, to, to help us take where we're going, help us go to where we need to go together. There's everything in this map to help me navigate the storms and not take me off track, to make tough choices in the face of... Things I'd rather do for me, but God's calling me to do something else. We've got to have an internal map. And, and um, you know, I find this job, this pa- being a pastor, fascinating. I could sit you down for a whole night and tell you how fascinating it is. But it's also frustrating, just being honest here. it's Because fr- I sit with many, many people, or I stand, or I go for a walk with. But what I'm doing, although they don't know it, is I'm assessing what their internal map looks like. What does it look like? How clear is it for them? How much time have they spent in the word of God bringing to life a map that's going to take them where they want to go? Is this map half-baked? Is it, is it, is it strong? Is it clear? Is it scripture-based? Is it partly scripture, partly the world's influences, partly childhood, where they've been brought up? How, how, what does this map look like for them? Is this map not, Is it in, still in formation? Is, is Scripture not yet the full authority in their life? And sometimes that's frustrating because I, I, I so want them. I so believe and want people to go the way that God's called them to go. And it's our job together, right? I don't just work on this map within me. You help me. You point things out to me. You, you know, I've been adjusted on many occasions just by sitting around people or Steve might say something or someone else. Where I go, whoa, I get confronted with truth or scripture, and I think there's something wrong in my internal map. I need to change it. I need to rewrite something that's going on in there so that it represents the word of God, represents scripture. You see, when I was young, when I got saved, my diet of the Bible was something called daily bread. Um, <laughs> do you remember that one, Jen? Anyone who heard of daily bread? Oh, excellent. It's a little little booklet you get. It's got scripture in it. It was daily bread for kids because I was a teen. It was a daily bread. And that's, I'd maybe do it, you know, you want to do it every day, but I'd do it like every week. And scripture would come from the pulpit, and I'd hear that. And when I went to university, I actually studied religious studies, so I was doing hermeneutics and interpretation and gospel, um, you know, gospel syntax and everything, all of them, ethics, and that was great, because it, it drew the Bible into my world, but there was a lot missing. And I remember every year, as you do, in January, you write down your goals. Like, and I got to sort of 20 thinking, I really need to become a student of the Word. Because this isn't enough. I'm not feeding myself on enough. And as I got older and I realized I had big decisions to make, I realized that I needed a map. I didn't see it like that at the time, but I needed a map to navigate me, to show me where to go. And, uh, and I remember writing in my journal, Lisby, you've, got to get, you've, you, you've, got, you've got to get the word of God in you. If I'm going to live a, wor- a life worthy of the call cool on me, it equals being 100% committed to growing a spiritual map inside of me. So how do you fulfill that? Three things that I've worked on in my life to help me do this. So as Steve says, if you're write them down, if you're not writing them down, write them down anyway. That's, I love that when he says that. So number one personalize your Bible, make it your own. Um, you, you can argue with me if you like, but I think it's very difficult to trash your Bible when it's an app. It's hard to make it yours and write things in it and feel like it's got history. How do you know if an app's got history? Like it tells you it's developed in 1917 or oh, not that long, 2017. But th- this, this has got life and I've got tears on here. I can see them. I can see where I've squashed a fly when I was reading it, you, you, got, you, got, you write the dates in there. It's just funky. You see where you ripped it because you put it in your handbag and you didn't put it in the handbag properly and you ripped it. Well, I'd find that. I'm about to go and get a zipped one so I don't do that. Um, but you make, it, you make it yours. I write in the margins because I, I, it, if there's something profound, I need to record my interaction with the Word of God. I need to write it. So to get it in me, I need to get it on the page and then back to me. Um, so I'll write down a challenge or a truth or a lie that I think, actually, I'm not, I'm not, woo, there's a lie. There, there's that truth and I'm not living that. So where's the lie? And I'll write it. So I was write, reading one Thessalonians last year and I read the scripture about, um, the gospel coming, uh, to you, Paul saying, not simply with words, with power and the Holy Spirit, deep conviction. And I'm meditating on that verse and the, pooh, it comes to me, deep conviction, Deep conviction, right. If that's part of my road atlas in here, I've got to understand what deep conviction is. I can have a deep conviction of my road atlas in here. So I stop and I go, what, is, what does conviction mean? What does it mean to me? Lisby conviction, my conviction needs to be fed and nurtured. That's what I've written in my Bible here. i has got to be by the word and being in the environment that holds that assurance. I've got to bring that conviction into my life with heartfelt prayer. Conviction is that you know deep in my spirit, beyond the blowing winds of change and my doubt. Conviction is the absolute core in me that says, "God, God's word is His word." You know, so, so I'm writing it down. I'm, I'm writing it so that I make His words my words, and His promises my promises, and His values my values, because they have to be in me to be able to navigate where I need to go. And you know, if you're reading your Bible. Weekly or monthly, your Bible is just an acquaintance. It's not a friend. It's not someone you're in relationship with. It needs to go to that level where you're beyond the sort of like with Facebook. You're the acquaintance. You know them, but you don't know them. You don't want a relationship with the Bible where you go, I know it, but I don't know it. That's what I'm wanting to encourage you. That's what this series is about is that you're going, I do know it. And it's a lifelong journey, right? But that you make your Bible your friend, that you draw out the life from its verses. And when I get serious about reading the Bible, the Holy Spirit gets so excited. Because he's here. He's pumped because he's like, I want to partner with you and give you the fresh revelation and give you the truth. And he'll kick on in. And you and him together create a map within you from what's coming out of the Bible. How used does your Bible look? How used does it look? It should be, well, you know, eventually it falls apart. My other one, the pages actually drop out. Um, but how used does it look? That's a kind of good indication sometimes. Am I, am I actually in it? If the pages are clean. If the pages are clean and, and the words aren't used, it's going to be hard to create something in here. So if you want an internal map that takes you true north, we have to get personal with our Bible, number one. Number two, lean into your Bible. If you hang around me this year, You're going to hear me say this because it's my word for this year. Lean in. Lean in to your Bible. What does that mean? Okay. Well, life's success, all of life's success, is dependent on your self awareness as to how you are positioning yourself. It's where life's success is. So, in life, in all sorts of areas of your life, this could be in your relationships, in your work. Uh, with dealing with your habits that you've got, with whatever it might be, we have, a, we have a positional stance. We're generally either leaning in or we're leaning out. If we're leaning out, it looks like this we're kind of nonchalant. No, os, nonchalant, that's what it is in Dutch, right? It's the same. Nonchalant. Because Nanon translated me this morning and she used a French accent. Nonchalant. You're nonchalant. You're, you know, sometimes we get tired. When we get tired, we get bored and we lean back. We just have that stance in us that sometimes if we're not doing something regularly, we get inconsistent, we end up leaning back, right? You've all been there. Um, Sometimes if we're procrastinating and saying, I'll do it tomorrow, we're leaning back. If we're fearful about something, if we have anxiety about something, you bet you're going to be leaning back, not forward. If you're skeptical, if you're like, I don't know if I believe that and da, 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 you're leaning back because you're not pushing into God. It's all about your stance. If you're leaning in, it looks like this. your front foot forward. You're zealous. You're consistent. You're alert. You're ready to go. You're full of faith. It's not like that, like that all the time. Like there's a grace on all of us because sometimes we're like, oh, I don't know. But what I'm saying is we need to understand what is our stance with the word of God internally. Are we leaning back? Are we leaning into it? Because no one can do that for us totally our responsibility when i lean in i expect this word to speak to me i'm expectant. sometimes it's just normal nothing's much is going on i come away and i go i just read the word but i keep i gotta lean in because it has a voice it has the is the breath of god in here it has a voice and i need to hear it because my voice is too loud yeah. that was so rude My voice in here is too loud. 99% of the time, my own voice and what I'm thinking about me is too loud. I need a louder voice. I need a sharper voice. I need a more powerful voice that's going to navigate my journey internally, and it's not going to be me. And and it's got to be the word of God. So I give permission to this word when I lean in to recreate me to recreate my mindset, to rewrite the roads that I have created in here, to rewrite the the thinking and the opinions and the, you know, our life and our internal roadmap can be a mixture of so many different influences in life. It can be the lies of the devil and the, the pain from the past. And you have to rewrite all that. It's what Martin de Jong, Pastor Martin de Jong was saying a few weeks ago. We have scripts in our head and they need rewriting with the power and the force of the word of God. It's the only way that we're going to be doing it. I need to give this book the authority to break me free from my lies. If I want an eternal map that takes me true north, we've got to lean into God's word. And lastly, we need to weaponize the word by speaking it out. Okay? Because we need to rewrite our own map from wherever that's come from. There's the God's blueprint needs to go on the inside of us. So, um... Hebrews 4, I think Louis might have used it last week, for the word of God is active and alive. It's sharper than any two-edged, double-edged sword you're ever going to come into contact with. It has innate power. And, uh, you know, if my default has been to get on the road of fear and travel down the highway of self-absorption, I need the power and the force of this to redirect me and to smash the wrong atlas that's in my life because our words are powerful right you know when you get new year's eve and you get those fire sparklers you get the really long ones you get the really short ones and you light them and they go you're just about to write your name monique you get to the n and it's disappeared it's fizzled out like well that was great Cheap packet of sparklers your words are not like sparklers they don't fizzle out and disappear. They remain because they create and they shape your future. They create and shape your environment. They create and shape the condition of your marriage and your parenting and and, and and, and where you're needing to go. They shape and they create. And And the Bible says when you hear God's word, it creates faith in you. There's no better place to hear the word of God than out of your own mouth, out of your mouth out of you speaking it out and you creating it. So your mouth sets the thermostat of possibility in your life. What you think is possible in your life is determined by what comes out of your mouth. Your mouth will direct your paths. Are you standing in your authority and declaring a different route and how to get there than the one that you see? Right now, whatever's facing you right now, you can redirect what's going on with the power of your mouth. But it has to come from knowing and meditating and digesting and loving his word in you. You see, we all need... I'll have the band up. That'd be great because I'm just going to land this. We need an override button. We need an override button because we're quite happy continuing on the path that we think is right. And the Bible says, you know, don't, don't, don't think that what you think is always right. Acknowledge God. Put him in the middle. He'll make your path straight in everything you do. Now, I don't know if you remember. Who's seen the movie Sully? Oh, good. Only one person's seen it in our mirror. I was like, kind to watch the movies, guys. Um, Brilliant movie. So if you remember the story, um, um, uh, a plane, that's what it's called, takes off from Laguardia Airport in New York. And the moment it takes off, this is a true story made, made, brought to life in the movie Sully with Tom Hanks. And the plane takes off and it gets hit by birds. The one thing you don't want, they hit the engine. And the plane is on autopilot. It knows where it should be going. It has a pre-pl- pre-planned route within it to get from A to B. And what happens is the airline pilot realizes that if they go on this route, if they go on the route that's planned, they're not going to make it because the plane's going crazy and the engine's failed. He's like, I've got to take this off override. If I don't take it off override, if I don't do the instinct, if I don't change the course and the direction of where we're going, people are going to perish and they won't make it. So that's what he does, he takes it off override. And you know, I saw myself in that movie when I watched it because I love seeing stories for me in movies and I saw, wow, I got to take myself off override. I go on autopilot. In here, with what I think is the right way to go, the right way to handle a situation, the right way to deal with things that come up in my life. And I have to go off my autopilot and redirect what's going on with the Word of God. I have to redirect it. I have to weaponize the Word of God and let it smash out what's going on in here. And this is the truth. And hear me, I want you to lean in and really hear this. When you weaponize the words of God, when you create them into being a weapon that work for you, the devil knows it. And he doesn't like it. So he will do whatever he can to distract you from getting into the word of God. So we think it's natural. I don't have time. I'm too busy. I don't have time today. I'm in a rush. There's cleaning up to do and da-da-da-da. Or I don't feel like it. Any distraction because he knows when the words of God are in your mouth and you use them, you are unstoppable. You can do extraordinary things. He knows that you will work on and live in the calling of your life when the words of God are in your mouth. So we have to know that even reading our Bible is a spiritual battle to make sure that we're on course. So that's why I try every day to weaponize the word of God by gold framing, my other message, to paint an internal map for me every day. I take out of what's in here well, not, not here, because th- yes, in here, but this is if this is in here. I can go for a walk, and I don't need to have my Bible on me. I'm going, what's in here, Lisby? What's in here? What's the conviction? What's the truth? I'm going to bring it out. That today, I'm not going to a place of fear, because that's not what I'm called to do. Today is my place of faith taking the word of God. Today, I'm hidden in Christ and God. I know that in here. I don't always feel it. So I speak it out. I take that road at this and go, because I'm going in that direction. I'm going true north. I will not go magnetic north. I don't want to go to the wrong destination. I don't want to treat people in the way that they don't deserve to be treated. I've got to find a way back. And so a gold frame. God, you're going to lead me into all truth today. Spirit of God, that's your role in my life to remind me of who I am. Speak it out, because you create, you believe, you internalize this map. Let me tell you, when you've got such a strong biblical, scriptural map in here, you become the envy of the people around you. Because even when things might look dark for you, they might look great, and there's a big storm out there. You are someone who can hold yourself with confidence, with strength, with hope. Could even speak it into their life. And they will look at you and go. But your job then is to create this map that's going to take you where you need to go. So three things as we finish those three things <laughs> That's Cool. okay so you personalize your bible you lean into it and you weaponize the word of god let's stand together as we close this service close this message i want you right now to okay right now i want you to use your imagination this is hard for some of you because you've never seen a road atlas before so take yourself to google maps Take yourself to pass Hoflewech on a Google map or on a map. I want you to zoom out. You can close your eyes if you like. Just imagine. You zoom out. You start to see the roads, the highways, the A10, the A9, the A12 that takes you to Arnhem. You zoom out. You see the rivers. You see the train tracks. You see the villages. You see the names. You see the water. keep zooming out get this big picture of the Netherlands and how it all fits together and God says right that kind of map that clarity of map I want inside of you I want a spiritual map that is that clear that inside of you you can look at your map and see the values you see the truth you see the revelation see the power of my word going to take you where you need to go. And some of you get so worried about making decisions. How do I make this decision in life? The best way you can learn to make decisions is get this map inside of you and learn to remember who you are that counts. It's not about doing all the time. It's about who you are. Who are you in this map of yours? Who do you think you are? Spirit of God, I pray over every single person here. Just stretch out your hands if you feel comfortable doing that. I pray over you that... As you stand here this morning, you would make a decision in your heart to recommit your life to the Bible so that it's not just an acquaintance, it's a friend. But I speak over you a new, fresh depth of revelation. I pray that you would have the courage. I pray over every one of you have the courage and the boldness to actually say where you're wrong. Stubbornness really gets in the way of our walk when we think we're right. And you know, I spoke today on surrender in the offering in Almira and i said you know for me surrender is about sometimes saying to myself listen you are wrong and god's word is right and when i surrender my experience is when i surrender i become a bigger person on the inside in this world surrender is a is a sad word you lose the war you lose your self-respect You let go of the things that you love in the spirit. Surrender is the most powerful dynamic you can experience where you submit and you let go of you and you say, this is not about me. I pick up my cross and I follow you, Jesus. And you win. You win every time. So I pray that you would win this war with the word of God, that you wouldn't allow the devil to distract you, but you would realign your heart and soul and mind to loving it. In Jesus' name. Because there's so much on the other side of that for you. You can do this. You can do this. Thank you, Jesus. And I want to speak over you right now as we're just in this place. As your eyes are closed. We do this every Sunday to take people to a place where they can let Jesus into their life. You see, the starting point of the map, the premise of the map is Jesus. If you don't, if you don't know him... If you haven't found him as a friend, if he's not been in your life, it's very difficult to understand the map. It's very sometimes hard to interpret the word of God. It starts with Jesus. He's the one that makes it all clear for you. He's the one that walks through this this map with you. He's the one that shows you the way, but you need to ask him into your life first. You need to be able to say, Jesus, I can't do this life on my own. I need you. And he needs you because he's got a purpose in your life.